This is Paul Moody, and you're listening to Fulham Focus Podcast. Yes, we are back once again following the latest little lot of international fixtures where Mitro grabbed the headlines once again, this time in the colours of his native Serbia as his last-minute header booked his country a direct flight to the World Cup in Qatar this time next year. Exciting times indeed. I've got Baldo and Don with me to have a look back over the past week or so in the life of a Fulham fan, plus ahead to Saturday's match with Barnsley at Craven Cottage. Mitro's on fire, Serbia have qualified. My name is Matt Boisclair and this is your Fulham Focus Podcast. Fulham. All right, lads, how are you doing? How was the international break for you? Did you get up to much, Baldo? Uh, yeah, it's been a it's been an exciting international break because, um, as I'm sure many people are aware, I'm in the process of moving over to the United States, and I'm just in the process of a three month uh, crash course, as my fiance likes to put it. So I've just been getting used to things over in America. I have been able to watch some of the games. I was enthralled by the USA Mexico game that was on in the bar the other day, starring Anthony Robinson. So yeah, international break has been has been very very good to me. Very nice too. I wish uh, wish my story was as exciting. I took my dogs up to uh, to West London the other day for a walk around and walked past the ground, bought myself a Mitrovic shirt and came home again. That was the extent of my weekend. Um, watched a bit of the England games, but sat in and, uh, and watched the Serbia game on Sunday, which we'll talk about in a minute. Dom, how are you getting on, mate? <laughs> even even worse than your week, really. I think I sat at work. Um, I didn't watch any football. Um I'm one of those uh, where everyone says, "Oh, you only watch international football and it's a tournament." I'm like, well, of course, <laughs> like you know, tournaments are great. Uh, I'm just going to assume England are going to get there because they usually do, and um, skip all the foreplay and just get to the main event, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's all about Fulham, and yeah, I'm looking forward to having it back at the weekend. I, I did sit in and watch um, watch the England San Marino game on Monday night just to see how many we get. Um, it was only 10 in the end and San Marino had a player sent off. But even that, I'm just sitting there thinking, this is such a pointless game. What, why are we bothering with this? Yeah, Crap. if they, they didn't show up, they would have lost 3-0, right? <laughs> yeah, they should have just not bothered. Pointless. Um, well, there was a very clear and obvious headline from the international break, aside from uh, aside from the goings-on with England. Um and it was a very obvious headline maker as well. That being, of course, Alexander Mitrovic, who scored a last-minute winner in Portugal, sending Serbia directly to the 2022 World Cup. What a 12 months he's had from missing the penalty against Scotland this time last year, which meant that Serbia missed out on Euro 2020, to falling out of favour at Fulham, to becoming Serbia's all-time record goal scorer earlier this year, then relegation with Fulham, 20 goals in 17 league games this season, and now this. I mean, what more can you say about this guy? Not much at all. It's, I mean, his season's just getting better and better. And it's funny because that last season, you can kind of almost pin the, the beginning of our downfall on that that penalty miss against Scotland. Um, even the season before, it wasn't international, but that game against Brighton where he, he, he made the handball 
mm. sort of it, again it turned on that point and it, it, it wasn't to do with international duty but you know so much of what happened to this club involved Alexander Mitrovic and um let's just hope this time he comes back from the international break even better if it's even possible I mean 20 goals in 17 can he can he improve on that I feel like he can <laughs> but who knows let's not get greedy I mean just he's on track for 40 plus at this point and I'd be surprised if he didn't get there so yeah he's gonna he's gonna come back firing again and uh, let's get a hat-trick out of him on Saturday yeah, I think I think you sort of hit that you know everything is just going going right for him, and you know every, basically everyone is reaping the benefits. I think we've mentioned this in the past. You know, Mitrovic is someone who you know when he when things aren't going well for him, you can clearly tell because it is reflected in the form and and more or less the way he plays as well. He can be a bit of a, a bit of a sulker as it were, but when things are going great for him, as they have the as you say the past well, six months, shall we say. It's absolutely fantastic, and you know, every, and everyone reaps the benefits. You know, if he went into the international form full of confidence, how much more confident can he get off the back of this? He must be, you know, he, he should be able to bring that back to his club, uh, back back to us. But you just think, you know, is there the possibility of you know everything is going to be after the Lord Mayor's show? You know, after the brilliance of you know celebrating with Serbia, you've seen the video of him celebrating with Serbian fans. It's fantastic. Yeah, now he's got to go back. You know, he's got to go back into um into a, into a dressing room with, um, let's just say it's not it's not it's not quite exactly the same. He's got to go into a, a dressing room with one with a one legged Tom Kearney. It's not quite the same sort of thing. So you just hope that you know that there isn't just a sudden come down from it. But I mean, it, it shouldn't because again, this is what he's been for the past six months. And the last international break didn't ruin anything. But you know, there is always there is always that danger. But let's just hope we don't see it. I'd argue that it was after the Lord Mayor's show that match in Portugal, after the match he had with us in Peterborough, with his uh, with his cracking headed goal. You know, it's all about club football, isn't it? Um, that's the bread and butter. But yeah, I, I loved watching those videos of him going back out in his undercrackers, can of beer in his hand, jumping about with them all singing Mitro's on fire in their in their Serbian accents. But hang on, hang on, did Coca Cola do beer now? Because that's what it was. There, there, there's was a whole it? meme that there's a whole meme that's come out. It's a bottle of Coke, and people are saying it was, was a it? slide dig at Ronaldo. Because um, during the press conferences at the Euros, he like moved away a couple of Coca-Cola things he wanted people to drink healthy. Yeah, yeah. So people have said it's like a subtle dig at Ronaldo that he's coming out celebrating with a can of Coke. Oh, I see. Sorry, I thought it was a can of beer. As opposed to the uh, the not so subtle dig of uh, scoring the winner against him, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a cracking header as well. They just oh. left him unmarked at the back post, didn't they? As soon as that was swung in, he had all the time in the world to line that up and pick his Don't spot. Let, just of all the players at the moment. Maybe not in world football, but of of firing strikers who were who were on that pitch. Yeah. You don't leave them unmarked like that. There's only one. Yeah. There's only one result. Uh, it's great to see, and it's funny because he means. You know, we love him so much at Fulham, and he's he's an absolute club legend, one of the very best we've ever had. And you've got to double that to to imagine what he means to those Serbian fans as well. It's just yeah. um, it's remarkable. He's having he's having a wonderful time of it, and. Yeah, let's have another six months of that. I leapt up off the sofa when it hit the back of the net as well. I, I can't give a shit about Serbia, really, you know. Um, but but for him, I absolutely loved it, and the way that the way that that came about in the last minute as well is just fantastic. And I, I feel a bit at the moment like if he doesn't get over forty goals this season, it's gonna it's gonna be a bit of a damn squib at the end of the season, isn't it? We're all talking about how many can he get, like 50, 60 goals. 
But if he, if he doesn't break records this season, it's going to be a bit of a disappointment, isn't it? <laughs> To be honest, to, okay. sorry, to be honest, I don't care if he doesn't get 40. I just want him to take Ivan Tony's record. That's all. I mean, what is it? Is it 31 Tony got last year? As long as he gets 32 and we get promoted, I couldn't care less what else happened. Just get that record. If he gets 40, fantastic, but I just want that record. Get that record. And if it's if it's 40 plus, it's going to be a long time until that gets beaten, though, isn't it? Let's face it. I, think... I mean, it's funny because after, after 10 goals, we're like, oh, he's on track for 40 plus and... It was kind of we were joking at that point. We expected him to go through a run of not scoring, but now he's now he's halfway there. You're like, oh, there's a lot of the seasons to go, and yeah. as you say, it would be a below average performance from now to to you know to get less than forty. So you know the, the amount of goals we're scoring, yeah, I can't see anything else apart from that happening now. Another twenty nine games left yet. And if he if he only scored another like twelve goals in those twenty nine games, it, it, unless unless he gets injured or a massive suspension, it's just not going to happen. He's yeah, gonna exactly. he's gonna he's gonna smash it, isn't he? He's got it. the the form he's in and the quality that he is. He'd be he'd be in danger of Cavalero uh, taking his place up front at that. that sort of <laughs> very true, very true. All right, let's move on from Metro. Then it wasn't such good news for Jean Michel Seri as the Ivory Coast will not be travelling to Qatar after losing one 0 to Cameroon, for whom. Andre Frank Zambo and Gisa lined up. We've got to be hoping that this result doesn't impact Seri's club form, haven't we? I mean, we've just spoken a lot about how Mitro's bad news last season did impact this form. Can you see that happening with Seri? I don't. I don't think it will because I, I mean, it would only it would only have to be a mental thing. You know, we talk about Mitrovic and how he needs. You know, he's, he's he's a confidence player. Um, and you just hope that Seri isn't sort of. I don't think it will because when it comes to Seri, he is a class above when it comes when it comes to the championship. So I think any sort of knock on that, you know, will be you know taken away straight. No, as soon as he gets the first uh, three or four passes in against you know a Barnsley team who I think we're pretty confident will be able to beat. Once he gets back into the flow of things and he realizes that he is arguably the most talented, arguably the most talented and the most skillful. Um, player in the division, then I think that's when you know that's when he's going to shine. So I shouldn't really worry that it's going to be uh, that his form is going to drop drop off a cliff. I mean, it may again, it may take a slight blip in the first game, but he'll be back to normal straight away. I'm, I'm sure of it, just because of how quality he is compared to the rest of the division. Yeah, that's a fair comment. I mean, he's he's also he's a much sort of quieter type of player, isn't he? He sort of gets the job done, whereas Mitro. He's um his his emotions are right up there. He's got his heart on his sleeve all the time. And when when things go badly for him, it really it really does affect him. He's he's a player who who needs to be loved. He needs to be he needs to be in form. Um Seri kind of he'll probably obviously it'll be disappointing for him, but he'll he'll turn up and do the job as normal, I would imagine. Um it would be much much worse for the club if if Mitro had sort of done the same thing again, missed a penalty and come back. He, he might have sort of brought the mood down with him. But um, yeah, I, I'm not so concerned about Seri. I think the thing is as well that the hardest thing to do in football, as the old cliche goes, is put the ball in the back of the net. And you rely on Mitro to do that. You don't rely on Seri to do that. And if Mitro's not sticking the ball in the back of the net, then we've got a problem. Whereas, you know, if Seri has a couple of bad games, then you can just, you know, you could take him out and put, put Kearney in or, or something yeah, or, or yeah. Harrison Reed or whatever. So... Um, it's it's a kind of less of a problem position, isn't it? That one, I think. 
Um, but I'm, I'm sure it'd be absolutely fine anyway. I'm, I'm just asking the question just because we've spoken so much about how uh, Mitrovic were, was impacted or seemed to be impacted by the fact that, you know, everything coincided with that um, with that penalty miss against Scotland, didn't it? Where, where things started to go wrong for him last season. Um, Bobby Reid played in both of Jamaica's one-all draws, firstly against El Salvador and then against the USA, where he came directly up against Anthony Robinson. So he was playing on the on the right wing up against Anthony Robinson, who was playing at left back. Interesting. Don't know how it went. I didn't watch it, but it, it finished one-all. Uh, Marek Rodak played in Slovakia's two-all draw with Slovenia. And um, and that was uh, the first couple of goals he's conceded in a little while uh, at any uh, any level. Um, and then he also played in their 6-0 win in Malta. Meanwhile, Harry Wilson played for Wales in the 5-1 victory against Belarus. And he was an unused substitute in the one-all draw with Belgium as Wales made the World Cup playoffs. So that's not a bad international break for the Fulham lot all in all, was it? Yeah, some decent results. Um, the main thing for me from international breaks is... Uh, that, that that there's no injuries so we've um we've we've got through injury free um as you say i think bobby you said bobby played a couple of games um so there might be potentially some some fitness issues there um but no no injuries i've that i've seen so that's the main thing um secondly it's good to see them performing their team's doing well so that that should they should bring that back with them and carry that uh carry them that back into the squad so, so yeah, I mean, happy, happy and all. Um, but the main thing for me is that we've got a full squad to pick from. Yeah, I'm sort of along the same lines as you, Don. You know, the, the most important thing is that everyone comes back, you know, injury-free. You know, we can worry about, you know, we'll talk about team selection later, but we can worry about, you know, whether or not uh, Reed and the uh, the American lot um, uh, will be able to will be able to play because of the jet lag and travel and everything like. We can worry about them not being able to play Saturday, but as long as there's nothing long term, that's the most important bit. And also the fact that they didn't embarrass themselves because there's always the, you know, the horror that you know that someone's going to go viral for. You know, Marek Rodak, say for instance, is going to go viral for letting a corner go directly over his head or something like that. So you know, it's so long as our, the Fulham players are making their names in that sort of way, then that's all. Again, and they come back fit, then that's all you can really hope for. Know, past what you decide to care about in in regards to international football, but that's really the most important bit. Kazaniga didn't didn't play, did he? Any by any chance? Because uh, <laughs> I feel like, I feel like there's like a more risk of, of that happening than Rodak doing that. If Argentina had lost five 0 I think we'd have been able to tell whether or not he played. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought he was playing. To be honest, we're the only team that's ever given him a chance out of, of anywhere he's ever been. The, the other, <laughs> the other thing I was just thought actually when when we recorded the last podcast or the one before last, maybe we were talking about Mitrovic and how he he came off injured at um, at Peterborough. Kind of looked over to the bench at the end of the game and and gave the signal that he needed to come off. So. Um, then he didn't play in Serbia's first game. He wasn't even on the bench. And then he was a substitute against against Portugal and came on at half time. So, kind of, uh, he, I mean, he looked all right, didn't he? So, um, hopefully, he did. uh, then you know, he played he played in the playoff final for us where he couldn't even walk. So, I, yeah. I think um, in that sort of situation, you you wouldn't be able to, even if he was carrying an injury, I don't think you would have kept him off that pitch against Portugal. Um, so, he, but yeah, I. I you know he's 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 a hard hard man isn't he he's tough he's uh he's, he's made of made of nails so um yeah that, he looks all right he looks all right to me so on to saturday's match with barnsley then this is our first saturday 3 p.m at the cottage since the reading defeat two months ago 
Barnsley are second from bottom in the championship, only propped up by Derby, who have had a 21-point deduction. Poya Asbaji was confirmed as the new Barnsley manager today, replacing Marcus Shop, who was sacked following a dreadful start to the season for the Tykes. Shop was only appointed in the summer after Valerian Ishmael left to take the West Brom job. What have you made of Barnsley this season, lads? They absolutely massively overachieved in making last season's playoffs, but I'm not sure I expected such a fall. And don't worry, I'm not going to ask you for any insight on their new manager, Poya Asbaji, because I'm pretty sure that not many people have heard of him. Um, yeah, I, I'm slightly shocked when it comes to Barnsley because you know they they took everyone by surprise last season with with the style of football. It was you no know, all all out attacking, um, and also the signing of the loan signing of Daryl DK, I think it is, or Daryl Dyke. I I can't remember how to pronounce it. Um, uh, on loan was just that, that extra boost of goals. So when they lost to the manager and they lost um, that you no know, source spark, I think everyone expected some form of drop off. I don't think many people quite expected for it to be this bad. But you know that's just just that's just the way it goes in the championship. You know, in all divisions, you know, we saw it with Sheffield United in you know in the Premier League last year. Once they lost, I think it was Jack O'Connell, their centre back, everything started plumbing. You know, if you if you take people by surprise in one year, you know, just with your style of play, and then you and then just all it needs is a couple of tweaks, and all of a sudden you're on the back foot and sliding down the table. So. Um, I didn't think it would be this bad, but it's not overly a total. It's not a total surprise to see them down there when you you know all things considered. Yeah, it was, last season was was bizarre. I mean, they they it looked like they had no right to to perform as well as they had been, given the squad they have compared to some of the other teams around them. You sort of felt like if they'd have somehow managed to go that extra step and got promoted, they might have been one of those teams who started really well in the Premier League as well and ended up getting 20 points just on pure momentum. But, um, yeah, uh, Ishmael went and then with it, I think all their momentum has gone as well. Um, the sort of where you'd expect them to be last season. Um, they don't, their score doesn't look much better than, than last season. So it's no real surprise, but, um, yeah, I think Derby below them are one of the only two teams they've beaten. So, it doesn't look good for them. They're not scoring goals. And this this new guy, I mean, I, I genuinely have never heard of him until I saw him appoint as their manager today. I'm sure some yeah. people would have done, but I, I can tell you a thing about him. Um, it's, it's a difficult job for him, a really difficult job. Uh, he's got to get them scoring goals. Um, so, yeah, I, I can. they look likely to go down to me. But, you know, as we say, it's, it's early days, so they've got a chance. They do, of course, have Corley Woodrow up front. He scored twice in this very same fixture nearly two years ago as Barnsley ran out comfortable 3-0 winners in a game that, let's say, wasn't Marek Rodak's finest hour. But Woodrow has just scored three goals this season. Lads, do you expect much from him this time? As you uh, as you guys all know, um, I firmly don't believe in jinxes. <laughs> and uh, even though you could argue that he did jinx us last, last two seasons ago in this very fixture. He, he doesn't doesn't concern me particularly just because we we should be much better than them. Um, if he scores, it might be he might be the odd goal in a heavy defeat. So um, you know we'll see. I'm I'm, I'm trying my best <laughs> to prove that there's no jinxes by saying this sort of thing, um, and I hope that it won't happen. But um, yeah, he's he's a, he's a decent player. He's a championship level player, but but he's he's no more than that for me. 
um if you compare you compare them to what what you know what we've got up front then yeah it's no, it's no contest is it yeah, I think that's fair to say he's a, he's a championship level player and, you know, probably mid to lower end of the championship rather than someone, you know, who would be comfortable challenging near the top. And I think he's just, you know, because he's managed to score, he's managed to score regularly in the past. I think it was 12 goals last season I was checking. So he, he, he can he can perform, but it's just obviously with the way the Barnsley have this season and the form they dropped off, obviously he was going to suffer as well. Um, again, I, I do still think that there, there is always the threat there. And, you know, I, I mean, you don't you don't want to jinx things, but we know what Fulham can do. I mean, me and Frenchie were there um, for the Blackpool game. We know that, you know, this international break you and in this division, you cannot rule anything out in this in this division. And all it's going to take is, you know, a dodgy penalty, you know. Someone's, you know, someone's always susceptible. Dennis Adoy says always susceptible for uh, for a, a brain lapse moment. Uh, give away a penalty. Woodrow gets it one now and then. They shut up shop and make it, you know, frustratingly hard for us. We know that the possibility is there, so you can't, uh, you can't. Remember. I know that. I know you're not trying to say it because you know you are the jinx master. Whenever this all comes in, um, so yeah, I can understand why you're hesitant, but we should be able to get away with it. You should being the key word. Just looking up uh, Poyas Bargi, the new uh, Barnsley manager. And they went in for him before. He was manager of um, Gothenburg. And they tried to they tried to get him when he was Gothenburg, according to Wikipedia. They tried to get him when he was Gothenburg manager. Um, and he turned them down and instead went to manage the Swedish under-21s. It's just, it seems like a, a <laughs> wow. really... I know, it seems like a really bizarre appointment to just pluck somebody from, from Scandinavia with... Mm, not much of a track record anywhere decent, especially when you're a championship side really fighting for survival in this league. So it's, it's an odd one, isn't it? It's a, it's a, it's a gamble from Barnsley anyway. Um, you know, good luck to him. I hope it pays off for him after this weekend. Um, but anyway, lads, uh, how do you think Fulham are going to line up? I think um, Kenny Tesse played half a game against, uh, against Peterborough, so we could see him come in. Tosin, this is the last of his his band games, is it? I think he's already done two. So yeah, how how do you see us? Uh, how do you see us lining up? All things considered, with the players that are coming back from international break and whatnot. Yeah, I've, I've, I've forgotten. Was it was it two or was it sent off? And then he had, then it was his first one last yeah. game. Because Hector played, didn't he? I think Hector played. No, Hector played against Blackburn and against. Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah. So obviously, I, I, I would I'd bring Tete in. Yeah, I think he's he should be f- maybe not match fit, but he should be fit enough to start now. Um, he's been back in the squad for you know quite a few weeks now, um, coming off the bench every, every now and then, um, building up to half a game. And I think I think he'll probably start now. Um, otherwise, it, it's, it almost writes itself this team, doesn't it? The the, the question mark for me would be. Um, did Robinson play twice or did he only play one game? I can't, I can't he remember. Played both. Yeah, he played he both as well. Bobby both. and Robinson, potentially question marks over them because they've played two games in the week. Um, so maybe Tom Kearney comes in for Bobby Reed or one of one of the many options we've got. Um, Fabio Cavallio, obviously, who knows what, what happens with him, but maybe he comes back into the team. Um, th- those are the kind of the two question marks. Other than that, it's Seri and Reed. It's it's Wilson, Cabano, and Mitro. Um, you know, don't change a winning formula. Yeah, I'm on the same line of view. You know, I'm just going to read out. You know, what was the lineup against Peterborough? It was Rodak and Goal, Adoy, Hector, Reem, Robinson at the back, 
Uh, Reed and Seri in midfield, and then Cabano, uh, Bobby Reed, Wilson, and Mitrovic up top. I think you know you want to keep things as close as you can to, as you say, the winning for, the winning formula and the, and the side that's been going so well. But given the internationals and given what we saw with uh, with what Mark Silva did last time, I think you can probably rule Anthony Robinson out. I think that will be that will be Joe Bryan. Um, Kenny Tete will be first choice, you know, going forward now that he's back to full fitness. So. Uh, so I imagine Tete will start to ride back. Seri, I, I think Tom, I think Tom Kenny is going to going to take that spot personally. Um, and just again, just on the sort of resting, um, on the resting mindset. So I think that's going to change. And also, um, and also Reed, I think will probably come out for Garvalho. So, so as much as I say you don't want to change, I think I've just named about five different changes. <laughs> um, as much as you don't want to, I think I have just listened. But it's just you want to keep you want to keep the team. Um, as fresh as possible, but also again, given the players that we have, we should be able to get, um, we should be able to uh, see off uh, this Barnsley side. And also, when you factor in the fact that we've got um, Derby coming up a couple of days' time, you want to keep players as fresh as well. So, um, I think that's pro- so. I think that's probably going to be the way we go. So, expect heavy changes from a side that shouldn't change much. <laughs> Brilliant! This classic, classic. Uh insight like that that makes us what we are i think um it's it's actually a three game week though isn't it so we've got we've got that barnsley game midweek sorry we've got barnsley on saturday derby on on wednesday and then preston away on saturday so it wouldn't surprise me to see um, a couple of changes but there's a question mark over whether or not joe bryan's fit anyway because he's not been available for selection for the past few weeks since smashing into the post against qpr um and I, in all honesty i think the games that the players have played, there's been a, a big enough gap between um, between when they played and all right, they've got the travelling to, to do, um, but there's a big enough gap to, to let them play some sort of part at least in um, in proceedings at the weekend. And I think there's a precedence that's been set as well. I think most of them have just come straight back in and played, um, having been away on international duty. So I, I, I cannot see uh, Seri being left out. The last time we left Seri out was the Coventry game, right after an international break. And it was a mistake. It's, it's Marco Silva's biggest mistake, and maybe only mistake so far, that Coventry game, where he left out um, Seri, and he also left out um, Tosin as well. Um, and, and it cost us at the end of the day, and, and I, do, I do blame him for that. But, you know, he's, he's been amazing so far, but that, that, that was definitely a mistake. So, we'll see. Yeah, Seri, Seri is so, so pivotal to the way we play. That mm. even given the number of midfielders we've got, and we're we're heavily stacked in that area, but um, even given that, he's still he's so much better than all the options we've got. And without him, sort of dictating things from from that uh, deep midfield position, we we're just not we don't see him as fluid. I don't think anyway. So yeah, I'm with you. I think if Terry's fit, he's got to start. Um, and it's interesting because we, we do have a really good squad. We've got pretty much two, if you think about it, we've got two top championship players in every position. If you can swap one out and, and bring in almost not as good a replacement, but a player who'd get in probably into the top six of all the other teams. Um, but Gazaniga yeah, aside, obviously. Gazaniga. <laughs> oh, we still, got, still so, got Fabry. Yeah, Fabry. Fabry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about Rodak, um, just, just you know, injured Rodak as the second option <laughs> because he's still uh, back in Gazaniga. Um, yeah. But we, we Marcus Silva still doesn't seem to 
he's got sort of settled on the team and doesn't change it too much. And I think that's probably that's that's probably the right thing. The squad should be there if, if it's needed, but just changing for change's sake. It, we, we've got we don't want to risk this six game winning streak by just trying to rest some players. I don't think so. Strongest team possible. It could be really easy to be complacent with these next two games as well. Both teams absolutely on their knees. Barnsley, only two wins all season. Derby with that massive points deduction. And it'd be, it, as fans, it would be really easy for us to sit here and say, well, these are that's, that's, six, that's six points, that's eight games. So then we're, maybe that Preston game might be might be one where we put a question mark over it. But we need to be really careful with these two games. And as long as the players aren't complacent, then, then I think we'll be okay. Um, but with that in mind, what's your score prediction? <laughs> I think um, I think given what you've just said, given potentially some tiredness from international duty, given our last performance after the international break, I think we I think we'll probably keep it to single figures. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I reckon I reckon four nil. Um, I just. I'd, even though, yeah, we shouldn't get complacent. We have done in the past. We've been undone by teams much worse than us already this season, three times. Um, we we've got we've got to be we've got to be putting these these to bed quite comfortably, really. Otherwise, you know, we we lose this game, and then Bournemouth might end up being five points ahead of us again. And all of a sudden, you're like you're trying to catch them again. So, yeah, that's that's just that's just put the teams at the bottom of the league to bed comfortably and, and move on. Yeah, long, yeah, sort of same sort of idea. I'm, uh, I'm going, I'm going for a three. Uh, I'm going for a three-one. To be honest, um, I, just for some reason, I there's just this strong thing in the back of my mind. Yeah, similar to what you say. You know, we hope Cordy Woodrow scores one. Well, hope not. We hope he scores. He scores one. Uh, but if he scores one, we hope in his that own net, maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe in his own net. Um, but it's just what it's just a consolation. I, I just, I just can see it happening. I, I don't know why. Just bad feeling in the back of my mind. But attacking wise, we should have enough to be able to uh, dispense with them pretty quickly. So I'm going to go. For, I'm going to go for three one. All right, lovely stuff, lads. Let's leave it there for this week. Just a little reminder to subscribe to the show if you don't already do so. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you may care to get your podcast from by simply searching for Fulham Focus. Please do also follow us on social media. On Twitter, we are at Fulham underscore Focus and on Instagram at Fulham Focus. Also check out the website, FulhamFocus.com, where there's plenty of great content in addition to the podcast. If you want to find us individually, you can find Matt Dom on Twitter at Matt Dom underscore. Baldo is at Matt Reese 63 And you can find me on Instagram. I am Matt B Fulham Focus. So come over and say hello. We'll be back on Monday morning with all the fallout from the Barnsley game. So thanks for listening this time and speak to you next week. Cheers. Fulham.